small plane about to land on my apartment. Maybe. I do do hear it. I hear it from all the way over here. I feel like it's two helicopters following each other. Or maybe they're two massive flies inside your apartment and it's the demon Beelzebub. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking more like the men in black, black helicopters being escorted. I think I'd prefer that. Yeah. And everyone's memory is wiped. What if your memory is wiped right at this moment and you don't remember the last two minutes of recording? Well, then I wouldn't remember that I already had a few sips of wine and I get to have more. <laughs> Just a few more. It's like having your first sip all over again. <laughs> mm-hmm. What are you drinking? What kind of wine? <sighs> rosé. I'm a year-round rosé drinker. <sighs> so call me basic, but I'm committed to it. It's like the iced coffee drinkers year-round. I'm a rosé drinker year-round. Love it. Rosé all day. Yeah, great. My one complaint is that my favorite rosé, which is a bottle called... 11 minutes is out of season, quote unquote, according to the five liquor stores in my area that I've gone to in search of it. Uh, So wintertime, 11 minutes is apparently not in Boston. Interesting. Well, but I'm sipping on Whispering Angel. I'm going to look for it here. I've never heard of that one. Yeah, it's really good. And they come in the cutest glass bottles. And I soak the labels off of the bottles after I'm done. And then I keep them because the cap is also a glass like little thing and it looks like a water jug or like oh, iced tea jug cool. or just anything like that so I, I say when i have dinner parties i've yet to have a dinner party <laughs> but my plan is is that if ever there comes a time when i have people over you can just fill it up with water and put it you know like uh, kind of like farm styled on the table very italian yes just refill your water love i it. just think it's cute so that's very cute repurpose reduce reuse recycle love it this is two girls one ghost two girls one ghost and we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hey. And I'm Sabrina. And last week's episode, we did have a ghost. And if you a remember, spirit. there was a spirit in the middle of recording. I got this crazy whiff of a smell that was so reminiscent of my grandmother. And I kind of thought, I got, you know, I wrote it off. I was like, it's probably just like a weird thing. Mm-hmm. And all day. I was smelling it. And after we finished recording, Nick and I were sitting on the couch watching the Vikings or football or something like that. And I was like, I keep getting this whiff of this smell that reminds me of my grandma. And Nick was like, oh, my God, I've been smelling that, too. I just didn't know, like, what it was. It To me, it smelled like old woman perfume. And <laughs> Nick insults you, the spirit <laughs> of your grandmother. But, hey, she probably didn't. She probably used, like, the perfumes that I didn't want from Victoria's Secrets mixed with, like, her smell of Listerine and coffee probably Mm -hmm. did smell like bad old lady Mm -hmm. the perfume but we were smelling it all day and i'm convinced she stopped by and said hi i think so because you've also been really opening yourself up to it too to her i think yes yes. i i watched a video once where oprah was talking about manifesting (laughs) and she essentially was like i think a lot of people when they talk about manifesting it's like every day you kind of repeat this mantra you want this one thing to come to you but oprah was like yeah no you just set your intention you open yourself up to it and then you just leave it. You leave it there. You let it marinate and it will come. And I feel like you did that. And she came. Yeah. Asking her to come visit you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think she was here. I think she said hi and she wanted to see my new apartment. I know. And clearly maybe she's always been, you know, she probably saw the last apartment too, but she was like, eh, I'm going to wait until. <laughs> we didn't like that one. They were cockroaches. <laughs> yes. But now you have this beautiful apartment. <laughs> it's so sunny and so light. And she's probably like, it. yes. I'll I'll stop by now. (laughs) It's so pretty. Wow. That's amazing. I wonder if she'll show herself in your dreams anytime soon because that's typically how you make the most contact. That's true. All right. I'll manifest. Yeah. Open your mind. While I manifest, we're we're just going to read you a... Listener stories. Encounters. Yes, we are. Oh, but we picked a theme this time because after doing Encounters 100 where we did a theme of Ouija board stories, we were like, wait, this is kind of fun to do themes, which I don't know. We'll do it all the time. We're kind of just trial and error here because at 102, we're still learning. We like Um, to just do what we feel in the moment. (laughs) And this moment, we felt a theme. Yeah. And also, okay, so the episode that came out last week was Haunted Houses. And as we were going through trying to find listener stories for that, we were like, oh my gosh, we have so many Haunted House listener stories that we were like, let's just do an entire encounters dedicated to those stories. And with the holidays coming around, and I know a lot of people probably aren't able to go home, like myself, we thought, let's remind you why it's okay that you're not going home, because maybe home is very, very haunted. Maybe home and super haunted. <laughs> you know, people write letters to Santa and pen pals. Why not write a story, a letter to the haunted house that you grew up in 
but address it to two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> I thought you were going to say write a story about how haunted the house was and mail it to that house so that the new tenants or people who live in that house, new residents, oh, can read it. Oh my God. Wait, I like that idea so much better than me just trying to get email submissions for, <laughs> for us. This is brilliant. People do that. I can't write a letter because it's essentially if my parents will open it and be like, yeah, we know. <laughs> uh, Corinne, why did you send us this letter? But I want other people to. <laughs> this is awkward. Did you mean to write this? Was it supposed to be burned? No, that's great. I think that that's really clever. And actually, people might get some amazing stories back out of that. Because if I moved into a home where things felt off and I felt, you know, sometimes it feels quite isolating to experience something paranormal, especially mm-hmm. because... I think sometimes the greater majority of people feel uncomfortable in those conversations and tend to dismiss it, make you feel like what you're saying is not validated. And then suddenly you're alone in a haunted house and you don't really (laughs) know who to turn to. But perhaps someone in your old haunted house is feeling that right now and your letter to them is going to open up the opportunity for you guys to swap stories and to not feel so alone. Pen pals. Ghostly Pen pen pals. Ghostly pen pals. Oh, what a dream. Uh, love it. So good. All right. Well, do you want to start? I don't even know. Sure. Yeah. Let me put my wine down. Okay. This is from our listener, Josie. Hi, ladies. I've just discovered your podcast and I am obsessed. I've been binge listening starting from your first episode, so I hope you're still taking email submissions. <laughs> Can I just say, I'm impressed that you're still with us after listening <laughs> to the earlier ones. So thank you. We appreciate you. This story is actually about my best friend's haunted childhood home. We grew up in a small rural Iowa town, and she lives in a typical farmhouse on a nice acreage. She shared these stories with me after I spent the night at her house for the first time, and I had my own experience. If she had shared these stories first, I would have never stayed. (laughs) (laughs) There are several stories, but I will share only a few here to try to keep it somewhat short. My story that kicked off all of the following stories is definitely the tamest of them all. Her parents were out of town, and both her older sisters had already moved out. So I slept in one of her sisters' bed, and in the middle of the night, I woke up to a dim blue light in the far corner of the room, close to the floor. Mm -hmm. I looked at it for a bit, and it didn't change, so I just went back to sleep. And in the morning, when my friend asked how I slept, I told her that I slept well, except that there was a weird nightlight in the corner of the room. She looked at me, concerned, and she said that she didn't have any nightlights. So we went to the room and investigated. Sure enough, there wasn't anything there that could have remotely been mistaken for a nightlight in that room. So then she proceeds to tell me, oh yeah, my house is totally haunted. (laughs) I should have told you that. You think? The first bad sign was the fact that her family dog, Lacey, would flat out refuse to ever come into the house. Even in bad weather, she would stay in the garage whimpering and whining if they ever tried to bring her into the house. And as we know, that is never a good sign. One day, my friend's mother was getting lunch ready and walked out of the kitchen briefly to go check on something in the living room she heard a loud crash come from in the kitchen and she rushed back only to find all of the knives from the silverware drawer had been thrown out onto the counter everyone else in the family was outside doing chores at the time so it had to be ghosty which is what they had named the presence in the house Hmm. but this one stuck with me for well over 10 years and it still gives me goosebumps My friend was watching her three young nephews one weekend and had put the youngest one, who was about four or so at the time, down for a midday nap in one of the bedrooms upstairs. About 15 minutes later, her nephew starts screaming bloody murder. So my friend bolted upstairs as fast as she could, and she found her nephew scrunched at the head of the bed, staring wide-eyed at the closet. Once she calmed him down enough to explain what had happened, he explained that he saw a pink lady come out of the closet, pushing a baby stroller stop, look at him, and then go back into the closet. She tried to get a better description of this pink lady from him, but it seemed like she was dressed in an all-pink Victorian-style dress, pushing an old bassinet. Needless to say, nap time was a no-go after that. (laughs) I have so many more stories, but I thought these would be a really good start. See you on the other side, Josie. Wow. Okay, well, at least Josie didn't live in that house. I know. And Probably only slept over one time, it sounds like. Yes. Like one and done. They seem benign, though. It just seems like Mm -hmm. maybe there's a plethora of older spirits roaming the house. Yeah, because it it is an old farmhouse from what it sounds like. And in the land, it seems like it's always sort of been a farmhouse and populated over a few centuries. So It does make me think like the way that the Victorian pink lady pushed the bassinet out and then 
saw the her nephew on the bed like staring at her she like turned around and went back in the closet it was almost as if she was like oh he's not asleep yet gotta go back when he falls back to sleep then i will come out <gasps> creepy oh so creepy i also wonder if there was a ghost baby in the bassinet Ooh. or if the bassinet was just a part of an extension of her as a spirit interesting yeah yeah or you know her friend Josu's friend had two older sisters and her older sisters had already left the house so maybe this pink lady was just used to the rooms being somewhat empty around nap time, around the time that she walked her baby and was just doing her normal route and then was surprised to find another young child in a bed sleeping. Yeah, maybe. And I was like, oh, gosh, oops, didn't mean to didn't mean to bother you, sir. Let me go out through the back of the closet. Yeah. But wh- yeah, it <laughs> makes me also think that like whatever the closet is now was not a closet maybe when she lived there. Yeah, I'm curious to, to hear if it's like, a first floor bedroom, second floor. Because when I think farmhouse, sometimes I think ranch style. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was an old walking path right. at that time. Or it, a long hallway that this one mom used to just kind of like walk her baby back and forth, back and forth down this corridor to, to soothe the baby. Wow. Ghosts. They're so mysterious. Ghosts. We just like, we'll never really know. <laughs> Tell us your secrets. <laughs> I don't know why I've been doing that voice so much lately. I need to stop. I do it to myself, too. I'll, like, walk around. I'm like, "Mm, what am I going to eat? I just need to. (laughs) We're all going slightly lazy. I I need some socializing, maybe. And that's saying a lot because I'm an introvert. (laughs) Uh, Okay. I have a story from our listener, Brooke. And it's called The Classic Four Girls and a Ouija Board. What could go wrong? Hi, ladies. First, I wanted to say I love the podcast. I have a really long commute into work. Well, it's like an hour, so I guess it's not awful and your podcast makes it fly by anyway i'll just jump straight in i'm not 100 sure on what order everything happened because i was between the ages of 10 and 15 and now i'm 30 but i do know that it got more active as i got older so let's begin i was probably around 10 or 11 and of course it started with me my sister and two other friends using a ouija board in my kitchen in the afternoon one summer We were kind of freaked out, so that's why we chose a bright, sunny afternoon to try the board that we had found at a garage sale. I mean, seriously, how much stupider could we have been? The kitchen had a huge window door that went out to a balcony, and you could see the backyard. We all sat around the Ouija board asking questions, and nothing happened. So then someone, I don't remember who, said, If anyone is here, please give us a sign. That's when the wind chime on the balcony started moving like someone had grabbed the middle of it and was swinging it around while the trees in the backyard stood motionless. We also had a wind chime at the front of the house that started moving too. Completely freaked out, we said goodbye and went on doing whatever 10-year-olds do. I don't know if what follows is related to this or maybe we just became more aware of what was going on. By we, I mean me and my sister. My brother and parents didn't have any experiences or so they say. But after the day that we played the Ouija board, the house was 100% haunted. We would always hear someone moving things in the kitchen when no one was down there. We'd see shadows, lights would turn on and off. It was just so many little things topped with this horrible feeling in the upstairs bathroom. The house was a three-floor townhouse. The bottom floor was the rec room and garage. The middle floor was a kitchen, living room, and a bathroom. And the top floor was my parents' room at the top of the stairs And then in the middle of the hall was the washroom. And then at the end was the room I shared with my sister and then my brother's room. The first major incident that I remember after the Ouija board was when my friend came to sleep over. She slept on a blow-up mattress between my bed and my sister's. And that night I looked over and I saw her get up and start walking out the door and down the hall. I called after her to ask what she was doing. And then in the bed where I had just seen her walk out of, she sat up. And I realized that in that moment, I had seen something or someone else sit up from the same bed she was sleeping in and leave the room. We both totally freaked out and slept in the same bed for the rest of the night. After that, I don't really remember the order of the experiences, but this is one that really stood out in my mind. I mentioned that the bathroom upstairs gave me the worst feeling ever, and I had to walk past it every time I wanted to go to my room. The way the house was set up, there was a light switch at the top of the stairs for the hallway to my room, but there was also a light switch across from the bathroom door that was halfway down the hallway. On many occasions, I would be walking to my room at night, and as I approached the bathroom, the hallway light would turn off, leaving me right outside that bathroom in the pitch black. And I will never forget that feeling of dread that I would feel when I was near that door. Unfortunately, the washroom 
which I was afraid of, is where the shower that us kids were supposed to use was. Whenever my sister or I would go to shower, and I know this is going to sound funny, we would turn on the water and the shower head would spin around and spray us in the face. At first, I thought it was my brother pranking us, but one day I actually watched as it turned, as if someone's hand was wrapped around it, turning it towards me to spray me in the face. And at the time, I wrote it off as just the water pressure, but upon discussion, we realized that it only ever happened to me and my sister. I guess it could be a coincidence, but it's still really weird to me. The most terrifying experience I had in that bathroom led me to stop using that bathroom altogether. I was in the shower listening to a CD because back then it was all about the boombox and CDs, and I have always loved punk and metal music, so I was listening to it from a young age, and I was probably around the age of 14 at this time. I was listening to Marilyn Manson, and the CD started to distort, and this voice just kept repeating the lyrics, it's so effing obscene, over and over, like the CD was skipping. But it wasn't Marilyn's voice. I'd listened to that song so many times, and I'd never heard that awful, dark voice. It's so effing obscene. It's so effing obscene, over and over. I jumped out of the shower mid-shampoo and then never used that bathroom again. I tested the boombox later, and the song didn't skip or act weird anywhere else in the house. Another day, I was doing homework in my room with the door closed, and I heard my brother run down the hall and crash into his room. He's three years younger than me and was always kind of annoying. I got up to go tell him to be quiet because I was trying to study, and I opened my door and saw that his door was open, but the lights were off. When I turned them on, there was no one in there, and I did the rest of my homework in the living room where everyone else was watching TV. The last incident I'll leave you with is the one that shook me to my core. This one happened when I was 15. I know this because we were moving to Australia, and I grew up in Canada, and it was a couple of months before we moved. I was half asleep when I heard my cat Scruffy meowing. I tapped my bed to signal her to come up, and I felt her jump on my bed and start walking up on my body. At that moment, I remembered that my mom had started locking the cats in the basement so they wouldn't jump into our moving boxes. As I realized this, whatever this thing was that jumped onto my bed, jumped onto my chest, and I was unable to move or breathe. It felt like forever, but I'm sure it was only a few seconds. When it released me, I jumped out of my bed and looked around, and I could see two glowing red dots under my bed. I spent the rest of the night watching TV in the living room, and when I told some people what happened, they told me it sounded like sleep paralysis. I've never experienced anything like that since. When we finally moved, everything stopped. That feeling of dread that I had grown accustomed to left, and the activity didn't follow us to Australia. I don't know who moved into that house, but I hope for their sake, whatever it was just left when we did. I'm so, so thankful that it didn't follow me, but I do always wonder if we left some poor, unassuming person to deal with our mess. I've had some experiences since, but never anything on this scale or with that horrible feeling. And ever since I've left, I've always wondered what it could have been. So, moral of the story, don't play with Ouija boards. And we didn't even make contact on the board, and we let something in. Of course, I was dumb and did use a Ouija board one more time, which also did not go well. So, learn from me, and just don't touch things that you don't know how to use. Thank you for taking the time to read. See you on the other side, Brooke. That's a, that's a lot of activity to happen, but Brooke did spark a question that I have that we've never discussed, and I don't, I don't know if anyone has the answer to this, but does a spirit have to respond on the Ouija board for you to technically make contact? Mm-mm. Because my assumption would be that the portal's already somewhat open, and yeah. if maybe you're like, ugh, this isn't working, you don't go through the proper channels of saying goodbye and closing out the board because you're like, oh, it didn't work, and then you're leaving the space open. Yeah. I mean, also how much time does it need to enter into the world? And Brooke said that whoever, one of the people they were playing with asked if there was a spirit there to give them a sign. So a physical sign. And that's when the wind chimes kept moving. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's then there and present. It's not communicating in the board. It's out in the world. Right. That's so creepy. I really am back and forth on what the spirit is because at first the case where it mimicked i don't remember if it was her friend or her sister friend when it was in the bed Mm -hmm. that is just plain creepy but that also did remind me of astral projection and how people have seen someone in a room like leave their body and they think Mm. it's them actually getting up but then they realize they're still in bed true that'd be really interesting to hear the perspective of that other person to if they remembered anything at all or had any strange dreams but yeah, the showerhead thing at first, I was like, oh, that's just goofy. Like someone's just pulling a prank, always being like, ha ha ha, like 
my classic go-to prank <laughs> here. But the the following experiences make me think that I know. it's a little creepier than just some spirit being like, hee, hee, hee. And the feeling of dread. Because it would be one thing to mm-hmm. have. Because I remember I, every time I went to the bathroom in the house that I grew up in, I always thought that there was someone in the room with me. I never felt bad about it. It was like a weird feeling because I was like, I feel like someone's watching me. But it never felt negative or I never had that feeling of dread. So to have that feeling of dread, I feel like insinuates something more malicious. Yeah, creepy. But she brings up a good point. Did the spirit, or I guess a good question, did the spirit leave when she left or is it still there haunting the family who moved in she's got to write a letter to the house gotta write that letter we need to figure this out wow all righty this is from ashley hi ladies i'm ashley and the property i grew up on was haunted i first noticed it when i was six i started to have sleep paralysis which i didn't know what it was until i was a teenager and was properly diagnosed i always felt like there was someone in my parents bedroom even though i never saw anyone I had a small plastic monkey that scared me, and I noticed that this small plastic monkey started showing up in random places. It seemed like it was following me. I tried to throw it away many times, but it always came back, and always in a different (gasps) place. No! We were living in a trailer at the time, and my parents had a house being built behind the trailer. I was relieved that maybe the monkey wouldn't follow me there. But I was awoken many times over the years with voices speaking to me in my sleep. It was as if someone was talking in my ear. It would say, hi, Ashley. And what are you doing? Oh, my gosh. Sleeping. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed many times that a bright green light would shine in my closet when the door was shut. And I would see the light around the doorframe. We also had this painting of a Native woman that I moved into my room because it was beautiful. It made me feel very weird, though. And one night I heard talking. I was about 15 and I looked up and the painting was speaking to me. Her mouth was moving and I couldn't tell what she was saying because her voice was so soft. But I promptly removed the painting and I told my parents that it was too scary for me. These weird happenings continued until I moved out of the house at 18 and I've never had anything like that happen again, though I still do have sleep paralysis. I felt very free when I moved out. We've since sold the property and I'm glad it's gone. See you on the other side, Ashley. She's from Tennessee. She signed from Tennessee. So, well, we know assuming that house was in Tennessee. We know there's lots of ghosts in Tennessee. There's lots of ghosts oh, everywhere. Yeah. But the monkey thing is truly the most terrifying. What it might be my b- biggest fear. Something like the idea of throwing something away and it reappears continues to reappear. And I feel like, yeah, it's so creepy. We've heard a few stories. There was one not too long ago that we read where the Ouija board was like kept being placed back at the top of the trash. And I feel like when it's an object, that's one thing, and it is entirely spooky and deserves to be considered so spooky. But it's another thing when it's an inanimate object that's also designed to look like a living thing with, like, legs Mm -hmm. and arms, like a doll or a stuffed animal or a monkey. The fact that it keeps coming back because you're not – at least I'm not picturing it as this just, like, blip. It disappears and reappears somewhere else. I'm picturing it walking itself there. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, how else is it getting there? You might not see it walk, but it might be walking. It's like Toy Stories. All the toys come alive at night. And the the whispering in her ear, I feel like, is connected to that toy or whatever was haunting that toy. Yeah, whatever whatever it is seems to have no real boundaries in terms of what it can take over. Because if if it's the same spirit that also made the woman's face, like, move as if she were Mm -hmm. talking in the painting, it seems to be able to possess... A bunch of objects, or we're just giving a lot of credit to one spirit when yeah, maybe there's when there's a lot. multiple. The glowing light in the closet is so fascinating to me because if we're saying, regardless if there's one or many, now I'm on the Toy Story track where like, what if in the closet all the toys are kind of coming to life and doing something inside the closet, and there's just like this energy light admitting out of it. So creepy. It, yeah, it makes me think of the the last story that we read before yours where the girl saw the blue light in the corner that she mm-hmm. thought was a nightlight. Just all all of those glowing lights. Like, what does it mean? It's moving energy. I don't know. Spirits moving. A little mini portal. Like, maybe <gasps> if it's Ooh. poked or prodded, it would open up to another dimension. And you'd get sucked inside and very yeah. Coraline. Yeah. yeah. Kind of want to watch that movie again. Very good. Very creepy. Okay. I have a story from our listener, Charlotte, and it's called A Time-Traveling Demon? Question mark. 
how the TGOG Facebook group saved me. Wow. Hey, spooky soul sisters and various animals and partners. I have a dark story for you of a time-traveling ghostly experience and how your Facebook group saved me from a demonic infestation. Too long, don't read. A dark presence attacked me, gave me a vision of the past, and my friend experienced it too. Just as a trigger warning, there's possible sexual assault in this story. So, this takes place only a little over a year ago when I was living in Koreatown in Los Angeles. It's literally the best apartment I've ever had. I had this studio apartment in an old building in the Spanish part of the neighborhood, and it was incredibly energetic. One of my friends is a medium and saw a male spirit there. Things would be thrown out of the closet seemingly out of nowhere, and I'd occasionally hear things move when nothing was actually there. I saged regularly up until I found out that me, as a white woman, buying imported sage was hurting native lands. So I stopped. But that was a huge mistake because I'm pretty sure I experienced something that a woman who lived in this building experienced decades ago. This was a very old building, likely built before even the 1950s. So here we go. I woke up one night to a being on top of me. I immediately knew it was masculine And because I'm experienced in sleep paralysis, I figured that was what it was. But suddenly, I was grabbing his hands that were on my chest, and I looked at the door, and the chain lock that had always been there was not there. My apartment was not decorated as I had decorated it, and the movements that I was making didn't feel like my own. This being was on top of me, and I could feel how heavy it was. I thrashed, and I think I kicked it or something, and I started screaming. The door opened and the being sprinted out and I ran after it to see people who weren't my neighbors in the hall. My neighbors now are mostly Latin American immigrants, but I know them. And while these people were all Latin American, they were not the people I knew. There were two young men in their 20s who chased the being down the stairs while an elder woman in a nightdress took me into her arms and comforted me. She spoke Spanish, but I could understand it. It wasn't a direct translation, but I knew what she meant. I'm getting tears remembering this because I'm so sure looking back that a spirit put me through her trauma. I think she was looking for understanding or she knew that I had also been through something, but the whole thing just felt so real. It didn't feel like I woke up. It was just that I was back in my bed again and everything was back to normal. It was, you guessed it, around three in the morning. I was shaking. I didn't know how to process anything that happened, but I felt like I'd been through someone else's lived experience. I wished it stopped there. I took copious amounts of liquid THC to get back to bed. It's legal in California. And the next day, I slept over at my boyfriend's place. Then, I convinced my friend to sleep over at my apartment the night after so that I could have some comfort. And I saged the place, which usually helps. But nope. That night was the most restless night of my entire life. While I was falling asleep, I turned and I saw a woman with dark hair and dark eyes crouching by my bed her hands indenting my sheets. I screamed and my friend and I both panicked. Then he, my friend, woke up screaming at around three in the morning, but couldn't describe what had happened. I woke up again before the night was up, hearing a voice, but did not want to wake him up to tell him that. That day, I asked your lovely Facebook group what to do, and they said it could be a malevolent spirit or a demon. Well, I took their advice and salted every doorway in my apartment and every windowsill, and all spirit activity ended after that which is really scary because I know your average ghost isn't affected by salt. That's definitely a demonic presence. In the interest of not ending things in a negative way, I have always had a sense for spirits. Without being told, I can identify if someone had passed away in a room and I've had experiences with loved ones in my dreams. The night my grandma passed away, I saw my grandpa sitting in a chair with a sweet little smile on his face. And I woke up to be told that my grandma passed away at around three in the morning. When I told my dad what I saw the night before, he teared up. Apparently, the gray checkered shirt I saw my grandpa wearing was his favorite. I felt no sadness then, knowing that my grandma had not only lived a long life, but had her love waiting for her on the other side. This connection to the spirit realm has always drawn me to dark things, but my K-Town experience was probably my most severe. I still would have lived in that apartment for the rest of my days, though, because it was near the best food and clubs, had the best landlord, and was so spacious with free utilities, baby— 1350 rent is pretty low for your own space in LA, as I'm sure you both know. And if the salt hadn't worked, a demon couldn't have made me go. I no longer live in LA because I work in politics now, and that just takes me everywhere. Sincerely, Charlotte. Dang. Wow. Okay. Very creepy. The image of the crouching woman with 
the claws and dark eyes mm-hmm. and just indenting her bedding. Ugh, it's I know. so disturbing. I hate that. It's so confusing because I want to believe that a spirit wanted Charlotte to like know her experience. Mm-hmm, but then right. but then all of these dark things that happen after the fact and the demonic malevolent energy negates that in a way and it doesn't feel like it was a good spirit being like hey i want someone to like see what i saw or what i experienced it felt like something triggering or trying to weaken her scare her or even open her up more because at that moment she's thinking oh this happened to some poor woman back Mm -hmm. in the day and now she's thinking and sympathizing with this spirit and opening herself up and being like well you know i i will sympathize with you and i will oh you're so right be more warm and loving and welcoming and like let make you feel comfortable no no so yeah i think you're right there that it's possible that it was crafted this illusion was crafted by whatever dark spirit was trying to just scratch its way closer and closer Ooh, that's really unsettling and the fact that it didn't happen to just charlotte but her friend experienced weird stuff that night as well yeah and that he couldn't explain what he experienced right it's almost it makes me wonder if that spirit or demon that entity was targeting her friend or if her friend just had this sort of secondhand haunting just by being in the space mm. like it was so unintentional but because of the proximity of this person to what was happening to charlotte they felt something and reacted but couldn't quite explain what what happened it's like a shockwave yeah. Whoa. This should totally be a movie. It should. And it could be. It definitely, yeah. It reminded me almost a little bit of La Llorona, that movie, because there was a scene in the beginning where they go to an apartment complex and Ooh. the woman has like, I think she had salted her windows and doors and had done everything in terms of protection to try to save her and her kids from. This is called A Haunted Ass House from Maria. <laughs> Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. Let me tell you about the house that I grew up in from 2001 to 2014. I grew up in a house that was built in the 1820s. Yes, the 1820s. My mother ran a daycare out of our home, and we had many pets that refused to go into the main bathroom. This refusal was so bad that we were forced to put in a second bathroom that all of the children used, and that was where we bathed our pets. (laughs) Fast forward to 2006, and our cousins came for a visit. One of said cousins, we believe, is sensitive to spirits and energies, but denies it. (laughs) Her and her older siblings were staying with us for the summer in Michigan. We were getting settled into bed one night, and I left my door open at night because our rooms were connected, and the only way out or into the room that they were sleeping in was through my bedroom. I was sound asleep with my face against the wall when I felt the covers shift against my back as if someone was sitting next to me on my bed. I Mm. half asleep asked out loud, Sandy, do you need to use the bathroom? Are you scared to go alone? Mind you, Sandy, who we think is sensitive, she was only six at the time, so it was a plausible question, and she did this with her older sister before. I didn't hear her answer, and as I was turning to get out of bed, I heard a blood-curdling scream. (laughs) My other cousin, her older sister Annie, quickly turned the light on to the room, and I looked over, and I saw my cousin Sandy crying hysterically and pointing towards the doorframe, saying, The man... He's right there. Annie, listen to me. He's right there. Oh, my gosh. Annie had to physically pick her up and take her into the living room to calm her down. After all three of us were in the living room, she told us about how the man was sitting on my bed when she needed to go to the bathroom. And when he saw her looking at him, he growled (gasps) at her and lunged. Oh, my gosh. After that night, she refused to sleep anywhere near the room. After a week, she had to have her mom come and get her so that she could fly her home because she was so distraught. Later, one of our neighbor's elderly mother was outside in her chair when we were visiting, and one of the daycare kids kicked a ball over the fence. I went over and I asked if it was all right to go into her yard to retrieve it. And she said, go ahead, and banking small talk, and then took a look at me and said, you know, it's ironic that there's a daycare in that house. That man... The previous owner despised children. I'm sure he's turning in his grave right now. He loved that damn house so much he died in it. Oh. I asked how the man died and what she said will haunt me forever. Well, in the bathtub, of course. He didn't want to see his house taken away. (gasps) Hope you enjoyed this one, ghouls. I have plenty more stories about that house, but that was the main one that haunts me. See you on the other side. Maria. 
Oh my gosh, what a grumpy man. A grumpy old man is tormenting young kids who are inside the home. And pets. The pets are scared of that bathroom too. Yes. If you don't like children and don't like pets enough that you're going to spend eternity trying to torment them instead of moving on, you need to check yourself. It's like, I get it. I love my apartment a ton, but I don't think I'd want to haunt it. I think there's better places to go. Right. And too, if there's... If the home is claimed by new tenants and those tenants are not people that you get along with, you have, I think, capability to move on, the choice to move on. Yeah. He probably has other baggage if he hates kids this much and is refusing to leave and and rather torment them instead. I'm sure there's Mm -hmm. other baggage that we're not quite sure of or understanding of. So scary, though, for little Sandy, six years old, to be going to the bathroom at night, which she's already afraid to do. And usually goes and gets her older sister. She's at a house that is unfamiliar to her. This is her cousin's house. She's not in the comfort of her own home. And even in her own home, it sounds like she needs someone to help her go to the bathroom at night. Then Mm -hmm. she sees this man hovering over her beloved cousin. And then this man starts lunging at her. And growls. I, too, would need my mom to fly in to pick me up. That's really, really terrifying. I wonder if she remembers it. I wonder if Sandy, if it's like a core memory now. She just has like a scary haunted house island. Yeah. Like an inside out. It's just like the nightmare. Exactly. I was, I just rewatched Inside Out. That's why I was like, core memory. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a one. That's not one that you want. No. Uh, Okay. Well, I have a story from Annie and it's called We Bought a Haunted House. Hey, girls. Love, 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 love the podcast and wanted to share a few of my experiences with you from my very own haunted house. My husband and I purchased our house about five years ago. It's an old Queen Anne-style house built in 1893 and was used as a doctor-run cure cottage for many years. And she attached the local historic site for it, breaking down the history of the home so we can do research. It's called Ryan Cottage. Ooh, I'm opening this link as you're reading the story. She says, It had been abandoned for 10 years until the couple who owned it before us meticulously renovated it saving all the original woodwork and keeping it as close to original as possible. Anyway, when we closed on the house, we went out to a bar that night to celebrate with friends. A few girls had overheard our joy, and we got to chatting. Being local to the area, they asked where the house was located, and we gave them the street name, and one local could not believe it. She grew up and still lived on that street. And after more chatting, we came to the realization that we had bought the house across the street from her. And her demeanor changed. She went from bubbly and happy to stoic and worried as she described how from childhood on she would see lights and figures in our then-abandoned home, which had no power going to it. And our quaint little town is not known to have squatters. Fast forward to after we move in. Our kids are eight and five, and they start telling us about the mist man that they see walking around the room at night. I brush it off because new places can be scary for kids until one day I walk out of our room at the end of the hall to see the back of a half of a shadow like man stepping into their room. Mind blowing emoji. I kindly ask that he not manifest in front of my children anymore as they were getting pretty frightened and they haven't seen the missed man since. However, I still see him out of the corner of my eye from time to time. Another night I had woken up in the middle of the night and went to get a glass of water from the bathroom. And as I'm standing there filling my glass, I hear a woman say, hello. Now, the thing that makes this so terrifying is not the fact that I heard this. It's the fact that it was spoken into my ear so precisely that I could feel the breath of the word on my skin. I was frozen. I couldn't run. I couldn't scream. The only movement I made was my hand shaking so violently that the glass broke from hitting the faucet. When I finally gained my composure, I walked back to our bedroom and my husband made a remark saying, your paper what? Your paper white. Did you see a ghost or something? More recently, as in two days ago, and this was in 2019, she said, I had come inside from putting my kids on the school bus and while standing in the foyer, I heard a man sternly and as clear as day say my dog's name, Bree. I had asked my husband later why he was talking to her like that only to find that he had been sleeping the entire time and had only just woken up. When I'm home alone, I will hear someone walking around upstairs and have heard people carrying on full conversations in other rooms. Luckily, none of this feels malevolent, 
in any way, and we have lived peacefully, however very scared sometimes, with these spirits for many years. She said, here's a photo of our house when we bought it. It looks way less creepy now that it isn't abandoned, lol. One more side note, the town I live in was the leading town in tuberculosis research thanks to Dr. Trudeau, and many of the homes in the area were converted into cure cottages like mine. The town was so beautifully nicknamed the City of Death due to all of the people who came seeking treatment too late and succumbed to their sickness. It's a great bit of history to research if you're ever so inclined. Thanks for making it through this. Keep up the good spoop. See you on the other side, Annie. Wow. Okay, yeah. The I can totally see the curb appeal and desire to purchase this home based on the photo she sent. Of. It's so cute. It's so cute. But then when you click on the link of the historic house, it's so creepy. Because <laughs> it shows it abandoned Ooh, before. I like the windowed porch, though. The sunroom kind of look. Oh, yeah. It's a wraparound porch that also had windows all the way around it. So pretty. Whoa. A little atrium almost. Um, Interesting. You know, it's... I find it fascinating that the next door neighbor, the across the street neighbor, was so nervous for them and so like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this this sounds awful. Like I always see lights and figures and whatnot. But it sounds like there's a couple there that's just saying hello, enjoys the dog, like wants to wants to just hang and is just curious. Yeah. It doesn't sound too bad. I mean, minus the part where her uh kids were getting a little freaked out. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Man. Everything sounds very benign. But just being a little spooked because yes, seeing other people or people, especially ghosts, engaging with you, it's one thing to like see them disappear into another room, but then for it to whisper in your ear and call your dog's name, it's like you're cohabitating with these spirits and very actively cohabitating. It's not right. The spirits are conscious yeah. of you, learned your names, know who everyone is, your roommates, your roomies. Your active roomies, which wow. I kind of like. I kind of like the idea that you you get to know each other, you know, like you're developing <laughs> a relationship. That's true. I would prefer a constant spirit than a plethora, a revolving door of ghosts because you don't know. You can't trust them. Right. Or spirits that don't seem to be entirely aware that you're there. Yeah. And are just kind of like doing their, doing their thing repetitively, which is there's something creepy in repetition, I think, when it comes to spirits. Like if it's always the the guy walking, dragging his hand along the yeah. railing as he's walking upstairs, and you see it like every other night, that scares me. Why just adding the word dragging his hand just Drag. make it so much more terrifying? Even though that's such a normal yeah. thing for something. It reminds to do. me of um the haunted mansion at Disney when oh, they're yeah. they're like drag your wretched body into the dead center of the room. <sighs> And then you're nervous and, oh, God, I was always scared of that ride. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's scary. It's scary. Look at you. You have a Santa hat on. Yeah, because I had to cover up my hair because I haven't showered or washed it yet. Just now you decided to cover it because Mm -hmm. we've been recording for an hour. (laughs) Yeah, I got embarrassed. I need to go shower. Should I go pause? An onset of shame. (laughs) (laughs) Something came over me. What do you have next? All righty. This is from Sarah. Hello, ladies. I was encouraged to write to you after commenting on a spooky house in the woods post (laughs) on the Facebook group page. I've attached a photo and the photos on Google Map of the house since I can't seem to locate any actual pictures of the house without all of us in it making really silly faces. So I lived out in something similar to this and the house was definitely haunted AF and my sisters and I would play hide and seek in the dark outside. But it wasn't until years later now that we are adults that we admit to all the scary shit that we have experienced. (laughs) I have four sisters, and we all have the ability to sense or see things. I lived with three in the house that I mentioned. We moved to central Louisiana. We moved there when I was 14, the oldest was 15, and the middle was 11, and our baby sister was about two. Yes, big age difference. My baby sister was opened up to me the most, and I think that she was the most sensitive out of all of us and still is. Back then, Skype was a hit, and we would call long distance to friends and such. During these calls, our friends would ask if someone else was in our room or if our pets were in the room. Usually, the pets would be sleeping in a bedroom or the living room, and we were only allowed to have the laptop at the kitchen table or counter. Our friends would see face reflections in the windows. They would see chairs moving or weird noises that were unexplained, which one of those friends now is my husband. (laughs) 
we all would laugh it off and make an excuse. We began to see shadow figures, and like I said, my baby sister has seen the worst and most. She's now 14, almost 15, and stays with me often. She's told me so many things that she's told our parents, who just ignored her and shrugged it off as an active imagination. Towards the end of our time in this house, not long after me and my other older sister decided to move out since we were both done with high school at this point, our family moved out of the house a few years later. My older sister and I refused to ever stay there, instead always invited our littles to stay with us instead. I love that, calling them the littles, mm-hmm. the younger younger siblings. So cute. I told told my husband about our experiences in the house and the few times that he's had to stay there alone because he lived three hours away in the town that we used to live in. He said he ended up sleeping in his truck because he was so scared and he'd seen a shadow person as well. And he didn't want to drive all the way back home and had nowhere else to stay. Oh my gosh. Also, when we were little, we all played in the woods, hide and go seek, especially at night with our neighbor's friends. Our friends would say that they'd seen a grown man near our house and would come running, but we always thought that it was our dad checking in on us or calling us. But when we would go back, our parents had fallen asleep or were always busy doing something, folding clothes, cooking, watching TV. Our dad had never left the house. Ooh. We just thought our friends were always trying to scare us. They knew someone had died there and didn't say anything to us about it. And those same friends did not know about the shadow person or people. They did not know about the friend who would see faces or items moving, etc., Anyways, this is just one of the few experiences that we've had all of our lives. There are plenty more since my family has a long history of seeing ghosts or familiars. I also have two children, and I'm the only sister so far with children, and I'm pretty sure they also have sensitive ability. XOXO, Sarah. Wow. Um, The fact that this man who they thought was Sarah's dad would start running towards them into the woods is truly so creepy creepy like especially now knowing that it's not it wasn't their dad it wasn't their parents looking for them what is this scary entity who's running at them i don't know and i sure as heck hope it is an entity because it's even creepier to think that maybe there's just a person that's nearby (gasps) that when when they notice the kids are out there attempts to get close to them oh i hate that even more yeah so I sh- I hope, you know, I never hope for demonic entities, but in this case right now, I'm hoping that's what it is. Oh, my gosh. I also am curious who died on that land because Sarah wrote that the friends that they played hide and seek with knew that someone had died on their property. Right. Yeah, it's, a, it's interesting. It's like everybody gets bits and pieces and knows and experiences different things on this land and no one really has the full story. Yeah, but it sounds spooky. I want to know what her younger sister, the the one who is the most sensitive, experienced. Yeah, the baby of the family. Yeah. Because she was it okay, so they were they were 14, 15, 11 and 2. So the youngest who's now what, 15, she spent a lot of time in that house as basically an only child. Yeah. So I'm sure she's seen a lot. She didn't have the distractions of other siblings. Wow. Curious. Sarah, have your younger sister listen to our podcast and email us. Yeah, or like interview her and send us the responses. (laughs) We need a 40-minute interview. A ghostly interview with your sister. Yes. It's a good bonding sesh. (laughs) Okay, I have a story from Emily, and it's titled, I pissed off a demon at my friend's house. Hey, girls, my name is Emily, and I love the podcast. I'm so excited to finally have somewhere to share my spooky stories. So I'm going to start with the time I accidentally pissed off a demon at my friend's house when I was in high school. My friend, who we will call Sophie, lived in a very old farmhouse that was very haunted. One of the first things that we bonded over was sharing ghost stories, and hers sounded horrifying. Up until this point, I had never experienced anything paranormal, but I loved watching all things spooky. She told me that her mom occasionally saw an old man standing at the foot of her bed, walking around the kitchen during the night and everyone in the house had heard footsteps running up and down the stairs like children playing things would move around in the kitchen and they could hear noises coming from empty rooms the worst part however was a dark entity upstairs that was tormenting my friend she had woken up several times to a dark entity floating above her whispering horrible things in her ear like you're going to die i'm going to kill you and sliding its claws into her hair. She had been scratched, bruised, and even pushed down the stairs. The first time I went to her house, I was eager to walk around and see if I felt anything. 
The downstairs didn't make me feel uneasy during the day, but the upstairs was a different story. Everything felt heavy and uncomfortable up there, like there were always eyes on you. Sophie told me that at one point, her mom had invited a family friend who was a psychic to come walk through the house, but her dad wasn't happy about it since ghosts weren't something they discussed in their religion. The psychic walked into the kitchen and said that there was an old man present. She also told them that there was a residual energy on the staircase that caused the footsteps that they always heard. And she said that there was a portal in the master bathroom that was causing all of this activity. But the one thing she said that really spooked me was that there was a dark entity upstairs that was malicious and evil. All of this matched up with what the family had been experiencing, and Sophie felt validated but still scared that her house was super haunted. I, being a cocky 16-year-old, decided it would be a good idea for me to try and bless her house to get rid of the dark entity that was upstairs. My dad was a pastor and had performed exorcisms in the past, but didn't like to talk about them. I figured if he could do it, so could I. So I started researching what I would need to do in order to get this demon out of my friend's house. I memorized the Lord's Prayer, marked some passages of scripture that are used for exorcisms, and snuck my mom's Bible in my purse with me. It is important to mention here that I did not tell Sophie I was going to do this, and she didn't even notice that I had gone upstairs without her because she was cooking dinner. So I went upstairs alone, and I stood at the top of the staircase with the Bible in hand and began to quietly recite the Lord's Prayer and some of the scripture that I had brought as I walked from room to room upstairs. This next part might sound weird if you weren't raised in a Pentecostal Christian church, but I did something called speaking in tongues. It's weird and difficult to explain, but basically it's like praying without knowing what you're saying and just making noises. Wow, sounds crazy when I type it out like that. But anyway, this was something that I had been taught when I was young and figured I may as well try everything I could think of to get rid of this thing. So as I was finishing up at the top of the stairs again, it felt like I could feel someone laughing at me almost like it was mocking my attempt to get rid of it. I commanded it to leave and never bother Sophie's family again, but I had no idea if I actually did anything or was just making a fool of myself. So I snuck back downstairs, and Sophie was none the wiser to my activities. The next day at school, Sophie came up to me and told me she had the scariest dream. The dark entity had come to her in a dream, as it had done many times before, and was angrily shouting things like, you can't get rid of me. How dare you try to get me to leave? You have no power over me. She was so confused and freaked out, and I felt terrible because I was like, I caused this. So I told her what happened, and she was not thrilled, but she appreciated that I was trying to help. However, after that night, she never saw the demon again, and it came to her in her dreams maybe once or twice after that, but for the most part, the activity upstairs stopped. I've since moved to another state, and I'm not sure if Sophie and her family still have activity at the house, but I'm glad I could help a little to keep the evil at bay until my friend got to move away for college. Thanks so much for reading my story. I love listening to you guys, and at some point, I'll share the story of the haunted cookie factory that I worked at. See you on the other side, Emily. Haunted cookie factory? Need to know. Sounds kind of like a dream job. I would eat so many cookies. Haunted by the smells of sugar cookies. Nicodoodles. Ooh, you're making me hungry. I know, I'm I'm hungry (laughs) right now. It's dinner time, it's 7 p.m. Okay, I appreciate the fact that she tried so hard, like, on behalf of her friend to clear the space and to say some prayers and to to try to help out her friend and get rid of all of the activity. I don't know if I'd be, I'd go through the links that she went through. You know, I think I have what I already have. But to like memorize the Lord's Prayer and to take some passages from scripture that are used in exorcisms, like she had access to that because her dad right. was a pastor, which is great that she had that kind of accessible to her and could curate that sort but of But it's so funny. Like it's so courageous, but also so funny. It's like my dad does this, so I can do it. So me too. It's like naive, but also kind of endearing because that's just children and And perhaps she has a future in exorcisms you know (laughs) it could be the case emily's exorcisms service yes the little like van that drives around yeah i mean it sounds like it helped a little bit that's true minus the part where the the thing that was haunting her friend was like you can't get rid of me but then it kind of did go so exactly it was like doing a last plea trying to stay and she may have helped save her friend because the entity was whispering things like you're going to die and things like that yeah into her friend's Ooh, ear. so that. it could have gotten to the point of being really really bad and being close to that yeah help out your friends i think this is the lesson from this email yeah is even when it's super dark and very creepy 
try to find ways without putting yourself at risk to support said friends. Yeah. And it's okay. Maybe if you need to ask help to do it, if you don't feel comfortable doing it on your own, seek professional help. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, I always refer or defer to our Facebook group, but we have an entire coven that is a part of the group. So if you have questions on how to help rid yourself of dark entities, there's a lot of good advice there. Mm -hmm. This last one is from Madeline called My Dead Neighbor. Ahoy, ghostesses, Leia, Nick, and all my fellow ladies and ghouls. My (laughs) name is Madeline. She, her pronouns. Thank you for sending us those. Yes. And my cat, Cartman, and I are huge fans of the podcast. Cartman? I mean, I binge listen while doing my morning routine and while puttering around the house at night. And Cartman is forced to listen. (laughs) (laughs) But he's even more vocal than Leia, and he hasn't complained (laughs) about the podcast, except when I'm listening in the shower and he can't see me. Yes, I even listen in the shower. Yes. Anyway, I live in a haunted house. But plot twist, it wasn't haunted when I moved in. I first moved in February of this year, boo, 2020. (laughs) My first place having moved out of my mom's house. I was very fortunate to have been granted the means and opportunity to not need a roommate. A little backstory, my landlord is a plumber who shops at my place of work where I sell various plumbing fixtures. He was the plumber at my previous house living with my mom And when we all got the eviction notice, because the house was being demolished, he offered to have me live on the second floor while the ground floor got renovated into a separate suite. Super cheap rent, and for the first several months of a newfound independence, I got to live in a huge upper story of this house. And although I did live through many inconveniences due to the renovation, I now live on the ground floor in a beautiful brand new suite. Anyway, on to the spooks. When I first viewed the house and first moved in, it definitely was not haunted. I'm a spiritual person, I go to church every Sunday, and I have a trusty cat with me. And I know he senses otherworldly presences because there was a bathroom in our old house that he didn't like to be in if I wasn't there. The first few months in this new house were uneventful, aside from the insanely sensitive smoke alarm. This wasn't due to supernatural, it was just extremely annoying. But after living there a couple months, my landlord informed me that he would be stressfully expediting the renovations as a friend of a friend of his significant other desperately needed a place to stay, and they'd promised the upper floor once the ground suite was finished. This elderly lady, we'll call her Marion, she had had so much trauma this year. First, her six-year-old grandson died of a brain tumor after a year or so of horrific suffering, leaving behind his twin and his mother, Marion's daughter. Then barely a month later, Marion's house caught on fire, and her husband died of smoke inhalation. Oh my gosh. This is why Marion needed a place to live. Her house was being rebuilt. So a month or so before the ground suite was barely livable, she had moved some of her stuff into the second bedroom that I never used. This bedroom was directly next to the bathroom, and those two doors were visible from the living room and down the hallway of the main bedroom, which was visible from the kitchen. After a good amount of her stuff had been moved in, I began to feel an unease near that room. I started showering and peeing with the bathroom door open, which was fine because I lived alone, (laughs) and I would keep that door open all the time, though from time to time it would slam shut. I started trying to stay away from that room. It began with me switching my spot in the couch from one end to the other. Eventually, I just took up to watching stuff on my laptop on the dining room table, which was between the living room and the kitchen, but definitely closer to the kitchen, so further from the second bedroom. Then one night, I saw an episode of Nuke's Top 5 on YouTube about a filter on TikTok, which supposedly revealed ghosts. You love this filter. Have you seen it? You showed it to me. Oh, (laughs) I'm sure I have. (laughs) It's a video filter that provides a rainbow trail around and behind any animate being. So your table or glass of wine will look normal, but your hand or your cat will have a rainbow stream behind it and following it. So in the middle of the day, I opened TikTok. I pulled up that filter, and with all my courage, I opened the door to that second bedroom. Amongst all of the many belongings of Marion from her tragically destroyed home, I didn't see anything at first. And then I did. The very obvious and clear rainbow silhouette of a man's head and shoulders amongst the clutter. I couldn't figure out how to respond, so I just said, Howdy. Yes, howdy. (laughs) And I closed the door. (laughs) After that, things calmed down a bit, and I think Marion's husband just wanted to make sure that she was in a safe environment. Maybe my very reserved, non-parting 23-year-old self reassured him, but the story doesn't end there. Marion and I shared the laundry facilities, and I do my laundry every Monday. Before this past Monday, I'd heard more than her just usual footsteps, 
that I'd been hearing since I moved to the ground floor suite. My landlord was dead set on making sure that the suites were as private and soundproof as possible. Yet over the past couple months, I've heard a man's voice just conversationally coming from up the stairs. Before Monday, I thought it was just the TV show or radio that Marion had just had the volume on higher than normal. But the voice had been steady, the same calm, loving cadence for the past two weeks. Mm. On Monday, when I went to do my laundry, I noticed an urn and a portrait of a smiling old man on the fireplace mantle. Marion's husband, he died in April, but his service is tomorrow. Perhaps he's helping her. His mumbles from beyond the ceiling don't bother me, but it comforts me to know that he's still with her. But yeah, that's the story of how this not haunted house became haunted. Stay spooky and safe, ladies, and hopefully when COVID ends, you can come do a live show on Vancouver Island in Canada. Much love and light, Madeline and Cartman. Wow. I mean, it also just proves that, like, not always is it the house that's haunted, it's the people Right. Who live there are. And this is such a sweet case of a mm-hmm. haunting. You know, the house wasn't haunted prior, but Madeline was spooked of that room to begin with. But now understanding that it's just the husband of this woman who went through so much this year. I know. How tragic. It's actually comforting to think that there's someone there looking out for her. Yeah, that is so sweet. And now Madeline, too, has this protective mm-hmm. spirit around, too. Nice, comforting spirit. Yeah, so lovely. <sighs> See, sometimes your house becomes haunted, but... It's not the worst thing. It's not the worst thing. If anything, you just have another another roommate, another voice to soothe you, to let you know that you're not entirely alone. Yeah. All right, I have one to end us on. Okay. It's from Selena and called, I'm Gonna Get You. Hello, ladies, Leia, Ghost, and Nick. First of all, I love your podcast, and thank you for being such a huge distraction, especially during these times. I've been listening for a while and finally got caught up. But what the heck do I listen to now? (laughs) With that being said, here's my story. I'm going to start with the least scary and move from there. When I was in middle school, I lived in a haunted house. We used to often hear pots and pans falling all the time in the kitchen. And when we looked, everything would be in the exact same position that we left it. I used to hear breathing coming from one of my closet doors. There were three small closets, each separated by a thin wall and they would never stay closed. I eventually learned to just ignore them and fall asleep. We used to see shadows crossing the living room walls when no lights were on in the house, and one time, my sister even felt the ghost or whatever it was sit down on her bed. It even left an indentation of where it was sitting, and she only fully woke up when her foot went right through this thing. One night, while I was home alone, I heard a giant splash come from our pool. So I stupidly went to look outside, and what do I see, you ask? Well, I saw a pool raft lying in the middle of the pool, folded in half, like someone was sitting in the middle straddling the raft. I noped right out of there, turned all the lights on, and called my mom. The last truly scary story from this house was when my cousin stayed one night. She had a one-year-old and was pregnant at the time, and while she was getting ready for bed, she heard whispering. She got scared and asked me to come in and listen to see if she was hearing things or if I heard it as well. Well, she was hearing whisperings. And we stood as quiet and still as possible, and we heard a little girl's voice come from right underneath my bathroom window say, Ready or not, I'm gonna get you! And then a giggle. We freaked out and ran out of the bathroom. After that night, I never went to the bathroom after bedtime again. And once we moved from that house, we haven't had anything like that happen again. Thank you for the laugh, spooks, and body chills y'all ghouls give me. See you on the other side, Selena. All right. Well, I'm sorry. That's terrifying. I understand that <laughs> it's just it's just a little girl having a good time. Just like if you pick apart everything that was done and said, it's sweet. But it scares yes. me. Like the oh my god, the floating in the pool is my favorite thing ever. It just gives me so much faith in the afterlife. Just that you know you can still enjoy the simple pleasures of life. Oh my god, where yes, where where are you gonna go? What pool? Like where are you gonna move to? Well, I would like to see the world. In my afterlife. So, I don't know, like maybe like a beautiful pool in like Bali. Mm, that sounds mm-hmm. great. Yeah. I think I'll spend like 700 years or so in the Caribbean. With some pirates. Yeah. Eventually find Bigfoot. Absolutely. And then just settle down in Hawaii, perhaps. Mm. Or maybe I like Alaska. Yeah, I'd visit Alaska. Italy. I don't know. I hope to do these things in real life too, but. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> We're just playing. Well, right now we can't. So we have to plan our afterlife activities as well. I planned so far in advance that we're planning our afterlife. (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, that's great that this little girl, like, she still gets to play hide and seek. She still gets to just, like, chill out on hot days, hanging out in the pool. Yeah. What a life. She's having a great time. Playing games. I wonder if there are multiple or if it's just a residual, like, that I'm going to get you whispering. Mm-hmm. Or if the voice they heard was trying to play with the one-year-old child. Right. Because if you're a young child, like, if this little girl is, like, you know, six years old, five years old. Mm-hmm. She might not completely grasp what games are appropriate for younger ages. So she's just repeating what she enjoys and what's yeah. engaging to her and other kids. Yeah. She, it's her game. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, a lot of you live in haunted houses. Like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of you. Me oh my. Yes. Our inbox indicates so. We have so many more of those stories. But we want all of your stories, all of your haunted house stories, all of your Ouija board stories. You're happy, you're sad, a voice that saved you, a voice that scared you. Uh, send them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. You can also support us by rating and reviewing on iTunes. That's hugely important for us. For any podcast that you really enjoy, you should consider doing that for because it helps bump us up in the ratings helps other people find us, and then helps us continue along in our podcast journey. And you can also do the whole pyramid scheme, you know? Like you tell two people, those people tell two people, (laughs) and then look at where we are. It will be magical. Quickly, we want to say thank you to our editor, Eric Foster, and your entire team at Upfire Digital. Thank you for editing our podcast. And we will see See you on the other side. There he is.